Broadcasting life and truth around the world, you're listening to the Bible Answer Man broadcast with Hank Hanegraaff, president of the Christian Research Institute. Perhaps most Christians in the West are not aware of the fact that for multiplied millions of Christians around the world, this is Holy Week and today is Good Friday. The commemoration of the death of Christ and the celebration of His resurrection on the third day together constitute the central celebration of the historic Christian faith. Yet the Western and Eastern branches of the church remain divided, even to the point of observing Holy Week on different calendars. The following program was pre-recorded. And now, here's the host of the Bible Answer Man broadcast, Hank Hanegraaff. Thank you very much, Randy. Today, we remember the passion of the Christ upon the cross. For today is Holy Friday, at least for the Eastern Church, which still uses the Julian calendar. And so our Holy Friday is a week later than the celebration of Holy Friday in the Western Church. And of course, last Friday, I commemorated Holy Friday, but I want to do so once again today. On Holy Friday, a united church is brought face to face with the fatal torment of Jesus Christ. The torment that begins in the Garden of Gethsemane, the torment that begins following an emotional Last Supper, the emotional Last Supper of Holy Thursday. Because there, Jesus experienced what I have described as a medical condition known as hematidrosis. This is where tiny capillaries in sweat glands rupture and they mix sweat with blood. And of course, that same night, Jesus was betrayed by Judas. He was disowned by Peter. He was arrested by the temple guard. And before Caiaphas, you will recall, before the high priest, he is mocked, he is beaten, he is spat upon. And then the next morning, we read that Jesus, battered, bruised, and bleeding, is led into the praetorium. And it's there that he's stripped. It's there that he is subjected to the brutality of Roman flogging. A whip, a whip replete with razor-sharp bones, with lead balls, reduce his body to quivering ribbons of bleeding flesh. And as our Lord slumps into the pool of his very own blood, the soldiers throw a scarlet robe across his shoulders. They thrust a scepter into his hands, and then they press sharp thorns into his scalp. And after they mock him, they take that very scepter out of his hands and they repeatedly strike him on the head. A heavy wooden beam is then thrust upon the bleeding body of our Lord, and he is led away to a place that is called Golgotha, a place of the skull. There the Lord of glory experiences ultimate physical torture in the form of the cross. The Roman system of crucifixion, fine-tuned, 
to produce maximum pain. The word excruciating, literally out of the cross, is coined to fully codify its horror. And so at the place of the skull, Roman soldiers drive seven-inch spikes through the hands and the feet of our Lord. You could imagine these, these waves of pain pulsate through his body as, as nails lacerate nerves. Breathing becomes an agonizing endeavor. Our Lord pushes his tortured body upward to grasp even small gulps of air. In the ensuing passion of the Christ, he experiences cycles of joint-wrenching cramps. He experiences intermittent asphyxiation, excruciating pain as his lacerated back moves up and down against the rough timber of the cross. As the chill of death creeps through his body, Jesus cries out, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, which translated means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? These words of Jesus, this agonizing prayer, hearken back to the opening words of Psalm 22, a messianic psalm replete with prophetic inspiration. Perhaps you recall the words, I'm poured out like water. All of my bones are out of joint. My heart has been turned to wax. It has melted away within me. My strength is dried up. My tongue sticks to the roof of my mouth. You lay me in the dust of death. Dogs have surrounded me. A band of evil men have encircled me. They have pierced my hands. They've pierced my feet. I can count all my bones. People stare and gloat over me. They divide my garments among them. They cast lots for my clothing. Well, alongside the Lord's Prayer, this prayer encapsulated in Psalm 22 must surely be the most prescient, the most poignant, the most profound prayer in the Holy Scripture. And by uttering its first words, the Lord of glory draws our attention to the entirety of the psalmist's prayer. Eloi, Eloi. No doubt, a cry from the cross to God the Father and God the Holy Spirit is affirmation. Affirmation of the unbreakable union between God the Son, God the Father, and God the Holy Spirit. A union that you and I may enter into. His kenosis is our theosis. His emptying is our filling. By calling our attention to the first words of Psalm 22, the Lord of glory is calling our attention to the entirety of the psalm, to the words in particular such as those that are found in verses 4 and 5. In you, in you our fathers put their trust. They trusted and you delivered them. They cried to you 
and they were saved. In you they trusted, and they were not disappointed. Well, as I record this broadcast today, it occurs to me that at this precise moment, you and I are in the midst of a time of suffering, of, of agony, a time of death, a time of disease, a time of despair. And yet, like Jesus, who suffers the ultimate agony, we're reminded to think back to God's past faithfulness as a certain assurance that he is ever faithful in the midst of our present circumstances and that we will be, in the words of David, delivered and not disappointed. Particularly striking about the prescient prayer encapsulated in Psalm 22 is the assurance, the assurance that God the Father, that God the Holy Spirit had not forsaken God the Son in the midst of the agony of the cross. When we come back from the break today, I want to talk about where all of this leads us and how all of this is not just a point in history, but all of this is a time in history that is so relevant to the time in which we live today, so relevant for each of us as we tread the path of life. As we go to break, I also want to remind you that we have an incredible resource available for those who stand shoulder to shoulder with us in the battle for life and truth, the book Free to Believe, The Battle Over Religious Liberty in America by Luke Goodrich. This book is a must read. So many of our liberties have eroded. And in the midst of the erosion of our liberties, we must ever set our sights on the eternal kingdom. We're going to be back with a stunning, stirring ending to the broadcast today. And to remember the resources, again, available at equip.org. We'll be right back. The resurrection of Jesus is constantly under attack. If Christ has not risen, our faith is futile. And a culture critical of our faith well understands that. The physical resurrection of Christ is the incontestable cornerstone of Christianity, making a persuasive, reasoned defense of that event's historicity the essential of all apologetic essentials. Resurrection by Hank Hanegraaff clearly communicates the evidence and implications of the resurrection, and it does so using a memorable method to equip Christians to defend the very fabric of our faith. To receive your copy of Resurrection, simply call 888-7000-CRI and make a gift to the life-changing work of the Christian Research Institute, 888-7000-CRI, or go online to equip.org. We'll be back in just a moment with more from Hank Hanegraaff.
When you need answers about the Bible and the intersection of our faith and culture, you turn to the Bible Answer Man broadcast and the Christian Research Institute. But did you know we're entirely supported by God's provision through friends like you? In appreciation for your gift of ministry support today, we'll send you Hank's book, The Third Day, a convincing case study on the most important truth of Christianity, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Johnny Erickson Tata has said, Hank leaves no stone unturned, thoroughly portraying the resurrection as our grand hope, the glorious springboard from which we all dive into eternity. Strengthen your defense of the resurrection and increase your confidence in your own eternal future. Call 888-7000-CRI or visit equip.org now. The number of wolves surrounding the Christian flock is growing and they relish nothing more than docile sheep utterly incapable of defending themselves. From militant secularists at home to militant Islamists abroad, the assaults on biblical Christianity are growing dangerously. But Christian Research Institute support team members aren't in favor of feeding these wolves. Instead, each day they're making possible an array of outreaches that defang these wolf packs with solid arguments and evidence that have stood the test of time. What's more, support team members are equipping themselves with CRI's Equipping Essentials, a hand-picked collection of the best apologetics tools around. Your selection of resources, along with a complimentary subscription to the Christian Research Journal, are just our way of saying thanks. To learn more about the benefits of membership, simply visit equip.org. Once again, that's equip.org. Has God spoken? Are the words of Scripture merely human in origin, or are they in fact the very words of God Himself? Three years in the making and based on two decades of research and reflection, Hank Hanegraaff's monumental book, Has God Spoken?, answers what is surely the most important question facing our world. In Has God Spoken? Memorable Proofs of the Bible's Divine Inspiration, Hank counters the contentions of the Bible attackers and clearly shows that belief in the Holy Scriptures is not a guess or wishful thinking. It is the only logical conclusion after an honest examination of overwhelming evidence. Order Has God Spoken? from the Christian Research Institute by calling 888-7000-CRI or go online to equip.org. Equip Org. The resurrection of Jesus Christ is the most important fact of Christianity. In fact, if Christ was not raised from the dead, nothing else matters. We are still in our sins and have no hope of heaven. Learn to defend the resurrection with Hank's book, The Third Day, our gift to you in appreciation for your ministry support today. Examine and explode the lies of resurrection deniers and strengthen your confidence in your own resurrection. To request your copy with your gift today, visit equip.org or call 888-7000-CRI. Thank you. We now return to the Bible Answer Man broadcast and your host, Hank Hanegraaff. Thank you very much, Randy. Today, once again, we are focusing our attention on Holy Friday on the Passion of the Christ upon the cross. And 
We do that because the Eastern Church on the Julian calendar is celebrating Holy Friday today, just as the Western Church did last Friday. But again, what's so important to recognize and something that I was pointing out before the break is that by calling your attention to the first words of Psalm 22, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Our Lord is calling our attention to the entirety of the psalm, to the words in particular, such as those found in verses 4 and 5, in you our fathers put their trust. They trusted and you delivered them. They cried to you and were saved. In you they trusted and they, they were not disappointed. Like Jesus, who suffered the ultimate agony, we're reminded to think back to God's past faithfulness as a certain assurance that he is ever faithful in the midst of our present circumstances and that he will be, in the words of David, he will be our deliverer. And we will not be disappointed. Particularly striking about the prescient prayer encapsulated in Psalm 22 is the assurance that God the Father, that God the Holy Spirit had not forsaken God the Son in the midst of the agony of the cross. God has not despised or disdained the suffering of the afflicted one. He has not hidden his face from him, but he has listened to his cry for help. Just as God had not forsaken King David, so too he did not forsake the Son of Glory. He has not hidden his face from him, but has listened to his cry for help. Thus the cry of Christ from the cross will forever highlight a stark contrast between emotional despair and absolute trust in God's eternal faithfulness. From the passion of the Christ is emblazoned the full range of human emotion from despondency to trust, from hopelessness to triumph. Through it all, we are assured that Christ, God in human flesh, genuinely identified with your and my humanity. Today, as we remember the passion of the Christ upon the cross, as we recall his dying words, Father, into thy hands I commit my spirit, we're reminded that we too, will breathe our last, that all of us live in that dash between the date of our birth and the date of our death. For some, that dash is short. For others, a wee bit longer. But for all of us, that tiny dash represents the duration of our present life on earth. Whether we are old or young, whether we are rich or poor, whether we are male or female, we light the sky for the briefest of moments. And then, and then eternity. And in the meantime, what you 
and I do today will have direct consequences for all eternity. And thus, while the culture seeks to focus your gaze on greatness, Christ rightly focuses your gaze on grace and godliness. Consider John the Baptist, though beheaded in the prime of his life, the life of John the Baptist had extreme significance for time and for eternity. And yet, and yet, despite his greatness, remember what Jesus said? Jesus said, the least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. How can that be? How can one like you or me be greater than the one of whom Christ said, among those born of women, there has not risen one greater than John the Baptist? The answer is this. The Old Testament prophets predicted the coming of Christ. The last of them prepared the way for him. But, but you and I live between the inauguration of the kingdom of heaven and the consummation when heaven and earth are joined as one. Jesus lived, died, rose from the dead, transcended time and space. But you and I live in this space-time continuum. We've been left as Messiah's mediators, mediators by which this present universe is to be transformed. And what that means for you and me is that our present life matters. We're mediators of God's redemption. We're rescuing stewards of his creation. As such, the words of Jesus have personal application. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Like our Lord, we're all going to die. The question that remains is how? Building bigger barns in which to store more things? Saying as did the rich man in the parable of Jesus, you have many goods. You have many goods laid up for many years. Come, take your ease. Eat, drink, be merry. Holding fast to the things of this world or, or taking up our cross and daily following Christ, willingly submitting to death that the glory of Christ might shine through our lives. Right now I'm thinking about St. Clement of Alexandria. I was reading about him earlier today. He was one of the most outstanding teachers of the second century following Christ. And the one who knows God, in that incredible book, he discusses the proper use of wealth. He discusses the life of holiness. 
the secret to tapping into the power of God. And memorably, he says, the one who knows God will follow the Lord's footsteps, bearing the cross of the Savior. The world is crucified to him and he to the world. The Lord says, he who loses his life will save it. We can lose our lives in one of two ways. We can risk our lives just as the Lord did for you and I, and we can separate our lives from the customary things of this world. Bearing the cross means to separate our souls from the delights, from the pleasures of this life. And if you do this, you will find your life again resting in the hope of what is to come. Dying to yourself means being content with the necessities of life. We want more than these necessities. It is so very easy to sin. I think of the Apostle Paul in Galatians 6.14 where he says, But far be it from me to boast except in the cross of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ by which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. Paul said, whatever was to my profit, I now consider loss. I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, the Jesus who on Good Friday gave his life so that we might live today, have life that is life to the full, not only now, but in the eternity that is to come. Out of time for this edition of the Bible Answer Man broadcast. Thanks for standing shoulder to shoulder with me in the battle for life and truth. You've been listening to the Bible Answer Man broadcast with Hank Hanegraaff. Our mailing address is P.O. Box 8500, Charlotte, North Carolina, zip code 28271. To listen to the broadcast on the internet, visit equip.org, where you'll also find a wealth of information and resources to equip you. To talk to a resource consultant, call 888-7000-CRI. That's 888-7000-274. The Bible Answer Man broadcast is supported by listeners like you. We're on the air because life and truth matter. When you need answers about the Bible and the intersection of our faith and culture, you turn to the Bible Answer Man broadcast and the Christian Research Institute. But did you know we're entirely supported by God's provision through friends like you? In appreciation for your gift of ministry support today, we'll send you Hank's book, The Third Day, a convincing case study on the most important truth of Christianity, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Johnny Erickson Tata has said, Hank leaves no stone unturned, thoroughly portraying the resurrection as our grand hope, the glorious springboard from which we all dive into eternity. Strengthen your defense of the resurrection and increase your confidence in your own eternal future. Call 888-7000-CRI or visit equip.org now.